0: This is Ben O'Young, the host of the Go Forth Podcast. As we enter the Lenten season, I would like to take t- this time to remind everyone that Lent is a time of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. Know that you are in our prayers. Please make us a part of your Lenten journey. Please take this time to pray for all of our missionary friends. And if financially feasible, please donate to one of our missionaries or U.S. Catholic Mission Association, our parent company. Either way, your donations will be used to assist in missionary work. Finally, in terms of fasting, consider fasting from secular media accounts or the news and consider listening to more of our show. You may have missed one or two of our episodes, so please take this Lenten season to catch up and hear all of our missionary stories. Again, may we be part of your Latin journey. In this episode, we are highlighting our very first Go Forth podcast, where we interviewed Father Tage Danielson, a Franciscan priest serving in Papua New Guinea. We recently contacted Father Tage, and I'm happy to report that he is doing great and now has over 30 seminarians. He has asked that we pray for the seminarians during their formation. And now, with no further ado, Enjoy our first ever Go Forth Missionary Interview. Thank you.
1: Go out, go out to all the world. Tell the good news. Tell them good, good news. Go out, go out to all the
0: world. Hello, everyone, tell and welcome news, to, the to the first news, ever Missionary Interview news, podcast episode. Go out, go out My name is Ben O. Young and I am your host. This has been five months in the making and on behalf of the entire Go Forth team, we hope you enjoy this interview with Father Tage Danielson, a Franciscan priest serving in Papua New Guinea. Father Tage shares about the lack of internet where he is stationed, and we eventually had to complete the interview using his cell phone due to technical difficulties. Despite the sound quality, I think you'll enjoy meeting Father Tage and hearing his witness to God's love. So yes, again, I'm happy to introduce to you uh, Father Tage Danielson, who is a Franciscan missionary in Papua New Guinea. And I'm excited. I've known him for a good seven or eight years. And it's really good to hear your voice, Father. And we're excited to interview you for the U.S. Catholic Missions Association, the Go Forth program which is an opportunity, again, for us to introduce you to missionaries and how what they do reflects the gospel message. So, Father, how did you start to become involved in missionary work?
2: Well, I'm a part of an order uh, called the Capuchin Franciscans, and we have a long history of missionary work, really, from the beginning. Our friars have been going out to go to new places to bring the gospel message I was ordained a priest in 2019 with my community, and even before that, as a student friar, I was interested in mission life, going uh, to a new place to serve God's people, to bring the gospel. My community of friars, uh, we're based in Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and we have two mission places that we work at, primarily two places. The first is uh, Puerto Rico, and the second is Papua New Guinea. And so as a student, studying in Washington, D.C. and going through formation, I got to meet a lot of friars who had lived in those places and subsequently returned back to the States uh, in their older years. And I can just remember talking to them, being excited as they hear their stories, really being interested in the places where they went. I just had this, this kind of fervor, this desire to serve where they did, to be a priest where they were. At the same time, our Minister General, the head of the Friars around the world, by tomorrow, he wrote a letter, I think it was in 2008, maybe? It was about our charism of mission for Friars and encouraging young men to be excited about mission and to let go of comfort, to so let go of those things that inhibit you from fully saying yes to the Lord. So that, that really inspired me, too. Now how can I be more generous with my service, my love of God. I just, uh, these examples of missionaries in their service, the Minister General's encouragement for young men to be open to the mission life, my own desire to do something new, do something in a foreign land, to expose myself to new culture, and all these things came together there, so that by the time I was a priest, I was thinking this could be a viable option. Um, so I, I worked a few years in a priest as a young priest and then uh, i asked my superiors if i could be considered for the missions in summer 2022 and then i came here in january
0: of 2023 and what, what was your initial reaction father when you you found out that you got accepted into to the Papua new guinea program
2: well i was excited happy i offered myself i said uh, i didn't you know demand that i have to come but i said i'm willing to go i know there's a need I kind of knew that they would be open to it. You know, there was a lot of need for guys to come here. And so when I got that call and then things started to to go in place, things started to go in motion. So it was both an excitement and enthusiasm for this mission. At the same time, though, yeah, sadness because I was having to leave my current assignment and to leave the people I loved, people I served. So, you know, when we move on to a new assignment, there's always that excitement and enthusiasm, but then there's also... (laughs) having to say goodbye to people that you care about and the people that you've known for some time as you minister to them is a mix of both, but more so excitement, enthusiasm to begin this new mission.
0: Mm, Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about your daily activities and daily life that our listeners can try to imagine that they're a part of? And by the way, Father, uh, I know you sent some pictures to me already in your emails. We'll put those in the show notes, but you could just share with me about your daily activities and daily life.
2: So I live in a place called Madang. If you look at a map, map of Papua New Guinea, if you go to the north coast, almost in the middle of the country, and that's where I live, right on the water. It's a beautiful place. It's uh, very hot, very humid, but the people are very joyful, very happy. Maybe it's because of the nice weather. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, I um, I'm a, one of our formators here. So the Capuchins came here to both bring the gospel, to bring the goodness of Jesus to the people, but also to, we say, implant the capuchin order, to bring the capuchin order here and to begin to recruit men to be friars. So I work as as an assistant to the postulancy director here. So I'm one of the formators, one of the postulant uh, formators here. Postulancy for the friars is the first year of formation where guys uh, learn about the Franciscan life, They learn more about basic teachings of the faith, teachings about Christ, teachings about the church. So we have a lot of catechism lectures uh, uh, or classes. We, of course, gather for for praying the lurch of the hours. We expose them to the church's prayer. We have daily mass, times of prayer. We pray the rosary. There's ample time for work around our property. we have a pretty good-sized property here, so uh, we grow different kinds of food. Always grass to be cut, that kind of thing. Uh, we have time for recreation. We play, we play games. We watch rugby. Uh, it's really a nice, a nice group here. So this is our postulancy house. Our first year, the guys introducing the guys to the order and helping them to think and to discern. Is this where God is calling you to be? Now, on top of the beginning, we have a two-year postulancy program. So, technically the first year, we don't. We say they're all postulants, but the first year. They're all living together. And then once you become a second year, that's when we kind of uh, initiate you into the see and they get a, a cross called a tau cross, kind of signals their entrance into our city. So my job here is, uh, is to assist the director. So he gives me classes to teach. This year I'm teaching classes on uh, sacraments. Uh, I'm helping the guys with, with English. They all speak English, but trying to help them with grammar and sentence construction kind of thing such so they can they can speak they can write better they can think more clearly in the English language so I help them with that you know and then doing things around the house as needed celebrating mass of course so there's my direct work with the postulants uh, which is a of course the number one priority another thing here uh, where I live there are not at all, a lot of priests here uh, we need more priests to work here in Papua New Guinea so we are always praying for new men. To be inspired to, to become priests here in the archdiocese of Mandang, where I live, so there's plenty of need for priests to go out for masses and for sacramental work and for other kinds of work. So every Thursday, I go to a nearby high school, just across the street from us. I go there for mass for uh, with ninth and tenth graders. It's a really a uh, beautiful time to be with those young people, to help them and to share the good news with them. And then on Sundays, I would have a a mass out in the community. We have two parishes near our friary here. But what's kind of different here than, say, in Pennsylvania, where I come from, back in the States, each of our parishes would have several we call outstations, or several chapels. And so it's not possible for the parish priest to go to all of those chapels every weekend. So us friars, as we can, we help out. So on Sunday mornings, I would have the mass here in our chapel. Then I go out to have mass in the local language with the people in the community. Mm-hmm. So, of course, most of my time is spent here in our apostacy house with the guys, helping them, forming them, praying with them. But then uh, some work also in the community with the people nearby where, where I
0: live. Mm-hmm. So does it, does it feel like, Father, you're going 24-7? Are you working from dawn to dusk every day?
2: Well, there's plenty to do and always things to think about. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a planner. I'm, I like to think ahead. So at least with my lesson plans with the posture, trying to have a good schedule so I know what I'm going to be talking about. And then, you know, because on weekends I go out for Mass in the language of the people, that takes more time. So I have to construct a homily in English and then think about how I want to speak it in that language. Mm-hmm. So I, I need to think ahead of that and, and prepare for that. In addition to just practicing, saying masks in that language, looking through the, the Roman missile, making sure I pronounce things correctly. So that uh, takes a lot more time. But, uh, I mean, it's, I think, as with any assignment, it's important to uh, for a priest to know his limits, to know his boundaries, to make sure that he, uh, you know, he sets some time for himself, that he sets time for prayer, so I'm not feeling like I'm, I'm going to go mad or crazy here because of stress or anything, so I'm trying to keep good balance here.
0: Mm-hmm. Father, tell me a little bit. What do you think are the biggest challenge in your mission field right now? Well, the biggest challenge for me since
1: I'm very new, I only came to this country 2 months ago and I came to the city about a month
2: and a half ago is the language, learning the language. Uh, now where I where I work with the postulants, everything is done in English. But as I said on weekends I go out, I'm I'm with the people who some of them don't speak English, so how can I keep getting better at the local at the language so I can preach better, so I can talk to them better? Uh, that's one thing. Second thing would be trying to understand the mentality, the culture of the people. Mm. You know, for instance, um, you know, as an American, as a Westerner, I have certain ideas about property rights. You know, what does it mean to have property? But this culture is something different, maybe vastly different. Okay sense of time I have a sense of time that is uh, you know fixed and you know we start this time we do this people here maybe time is a little more fluid you know some people don't have watches they don't know what time it is so how can I be okay with things you know not starting on time or things not going the way they should so another thing would be just how things do how, how people do things here how they think about life I think the people here from what I can tell they just seem very be laid back or nonchalant, and less in a hurry than the life that I'm used to growing up in, in Pennsylvania, living on the East Coast. So I think you know maybe just learning to slow down a bit, maybe just appreciate the moment. That could be a, a challenge for me. And I think another thing would be, um, you know, I I think I so much is, is, is so new for me here, and I do get a little bit anxious about some situations or what's going to happen because I don't know the language so much and I don't know what are people going to do. So sometimes I feel a little bit uh, anxiety about situations, but I think as time goes on, I I will be more comfortable and not so fearful of of things that might happen. Mm. You know, just going into some, place new and yeah, I think things are just so, so new and, and I'm just not used to life here quite yet. So it'll just take some more time to be, more comfortable than I am now. Mm-hmm.
0: How about the food? Are you are you adjusting to the food, and do you like the food, or you know, do you get to get a go get a pizza sometime? I mean, any anything American out there that you can eat? Yeah, I, uh, there's something I would
2: I would really enjoy a nice cheeseburger right now or a nice pizza <laughs> would be really good. <laughs> but uh, the food here is, is is quite good. I think we eat well. So uh, we eat a lot of. Uh, we eat vegetables, so we eat the called cow cow, which is a type of sweet potato. We eat uh, English potatoes, we eat taro, we eat cooked bananas, uh, we eat a lot of rice, we eat fish. We do have some, some chickens and pork. So we do eat just, just fine here. That's not a problem for us. Mm. We grow papaya on our property. So every night we have papaya that's just beautiful, tasty, fresh. Uh, so that's, that's a real pleasure. So food is, is no problem. It's, um, it's basic. It's not fancy, but it's enough for what we need to get on with our day. Mm. I, yeah, I'm, sometimes it'd be nice to have those things I have back home. But uh, as I go on with the gear, I think my desire for that probably will, will lessen.
0: It's good to know. What are your biggest rewards in the mission field so far? I love to see smiling
2: children, children who are just so happy, joyful. I think the kids here are just so free and so uninhibited, and just you know, running around by themselves, playing with each other, running down the streets. If I, if I honk the horn at them, I'm driving a little smile. I just, I really like the uh, the openness of the kids here and just the, uh, the joy of the kids. Okay, that's one thing. Second thing would be just the, uh, the openness of, of, of people in general. I mean, I think people here are pretty friendly. I mean, you, you'll you find some people that are probably out to, to get you or rascals or whatever, but I think people are just kind and open. I don't know if that's because I'm I'm, I'm a a white man, a white person, a a missionary. Maybe they're they're favorable to that, but I think it's just uh, to be with the regular people every Sunday, see their smiles, that that touches my heart. And I think probably the third thing I would say would be I appreciate how simple life is here. And I don't just want to throw that that term out without meaning, but, you know, when it's hard for me to get access to the internet or to make phone calls, yeah, you have time just to reflect, to pray, uh, to read good books, to talk to the guys. You know, there's less of a, um, a focus on some of these material things that I would have back in, back in the States. So life is simple and kind of easy going here, and just to, maybe just to relax and to focus on what's important. I appreciate that
0: about this place. Yeah, it's really deep, you know, Father, about what you shared about. You know, I mean, just earlier, you know, when we were starting, I was like, oh, no, we're having technical difficulties. At the same time, too, it gives you a time to relax with the Lord and to also get to talk more with your friends and, and parishioners. And that's, that sounds wonderful. I bet it reminds you of a retreat sometimes that you're doing, right, that that you're with the people. Yeah, I mean, where we live, it's, it's, it's very quiet, very peaceful.
2: So we have a lot of um, just time to think and to pray. Out of thirty days, probably twenty two of those days, the power goes out at some point. <laughs> so it would just be sitting in the dark at night as you're trying to sleep, or sitting in the dark during the day without power. So I mean, at first these kind of things would bother me i'd get annoyed, but you, you have to just deal with it or else you'll go nuts. You know, you have to you go crazy, uh-huh. but you just have to accept the limitations of the place here and, and the differences from what you're used to. But it's really a good life here. I mean, I. I mean, the weather is, took a, a little bit of me to get used to, but I, I like the weather. It's, it's, it's hot and humid, but it sort of feels nice. Your clothes dry quickly, and we're happy here. So, yeah, it's quite an adventure being here. I'm, I'm, so far, I'm, I'm really really enjoying it.
0: Oh, that sounds so wonderful that, again, you, you found a mission field that's yours and that God's asking you to spread the good news in a way that you feel most comfortable. That, that sounds very appealing, Father. You know, the, the gospel message that we're focusing on is uh, Pentecost Sunday. And I just wanted to hear from you. How does your work magnify the gospel message in terms of your work in Papua New Guinea? Yeah, so
2: the the Pentecost message is the gift of God's Holy Spirit upon the people, on the church, to enliven the church, to settle the flame, to be on fire, to go out and to bring God's good news. St. Paul says that the the love of God has been poured into us through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. Love lives in us, dwells within us, and that is a an amazing thing. That He loves us so much; He's given the Spirit to us to animate us and to send us out. I had a, a day of recollection the other day for our postulants. We have those every month, and I focused on Saint Paul when he t- talks about how that He's been crucified with Christ, and that He lives, but it's really Christ living in Him. And he says he lives by faith in the son of god who has loved me and given himself up for me and then i talked about how we can live in that love of god through remembering our baptism that god has adopted us as his sons i said that to the guys so i i do just try to remind them okay god has created you for a purpose he loves you and is he calling you to live out that love as a brother, as a priest, with our community, or is she calling you to this other location? So in my, my preaching to the people on the weekends, I try to uh, bring that message home. You know, there's a lot of division here. There's a lot of strife. There are people who do violence to others. So I really, I think uh, we're just trying to bring this simple message home to the people. That God has love for you, for everybody, everybody is worthy of his love, that Jesus died for everybody, and that we have to respect the innate dignity of everybody because we're all made we're all God's children, we're all made in his love. Mm. So if I can do that and if I can just continue to touch one heart at a time, I think that's that can be my role. Another thing we uh, on Saturday mornings we have confessions here at our priory and people from the public come for that. The confessional ministry is a as a particular grace for me, I I love being a confessor. So whether it's here on Saturdays or half an hour before mass on Sundays, I can bring the mercy of God to those people. I think that's a, a great gift that the Lord can use me for. Right now, my focus is just on trying to bring that simple gospel message, that simple truth. People need to hear it and people want a message of encouragement, a message of hope. And what better message is there than the love of God poured out upon you through the Holy Spirit message
0: that we hear at pentecost that's wonderful father you know back to pentecost you know we talked about tongues of of flames right and and everybody being able to communicate i hope and pray that the lord gives you strength as you learn a new language because for me it was so exhausting learning a new language in taiwan so i hope again and pray that the lord gives you strength as you as you learn a new language and and try to communicate more and more with the locals
2: Thank you I certainly need that I wouldn't say I'm particularly gifted in languages so <laughs> I need to spend a little more more, more time uh, a little more time on it but I think I've only been here two months so give them more time and hopefully I'll be I'll become even better at it
0: uh-huh, uh-huh. and what language do they speak
2: probably Indian is a tribal country and they have about seven hundred or 800 different tribes each tribe as far as I know would have their own language okay but then there's this language they call talk pigeon which is kind of a language that seems like a lot of people speak in this country and so we have a, a Roman missile in that with that language talk pigeon missile so that's the language that we use for Sunday mass in the outstations and that's the language that we would preach in I don't know too much about the history of the language or where it originated or how it did or when but uh, it's a language called talk pigeon T O K uh, P-I-S-I-N, it's just um, a language that many people speak and that's something that, that unites them.
1: Mm.
2: But then I also understand that people from their own groups, their own tribes would have their own particular language that they would speak with their people from their area.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing uh, that. Be- besides the language, and you also talked about some cultural differences, uh, how do people react to you? Because, again, the pictures that you sent me, you're pretty much the only Caucasian in the pictures—is it a cultural learning experience for them too, meeting someone who is of a different cultural background for them? Well,
2: people that look like me have been coming here for decades, you know, centuries. Uh-huh. So I mean, the uh, the Germans were here, the English were here, the Australians were here, the Americans were here. So I think uh, when people see me, somehow they, they already know I'm a priest. I don't know how. <laughs> but uh, every time I'm walking I'm walking around the neighborhood, they see me in town. Oh, I'm a father. I'm a father. So it's, it's it's nice. People are really kind. Uh, as for me, I, I you know I came here almost five years ago for a visit to learn about the mission, and I was always a little bit taken aback from. I didn't like all the attention, you know, people trying to, you know, it's like I I stood out so noticeably because I'm so different from them. I'm very tall, and or shorter than me, and also I'm on much lighter skin. But now I think it's just the way it is. Right, I'm different from them. I stand out, and. I think people know that I'm a missionary, that I'm here. I hope they see that I'm here to help them, to bring the good news. So I think there's, as far as I can tell, there's an openness to, to me. There's an openness to the friars. I think people like the friars because we've been here, see, almost 70 years. And there's a certain steadiness that we that we bring, a love for them. So uh, now I know that there are going to be some rascals out there, some people who want to cause trouble. But... I think most of the people here are really good and sincere and they love to see us around and, and talking with us.
0: Yeah and those individuals who do cause problems so often they need the Lord right and that's that's why you're there as well to try to assist them.
2: Well that's true but I've heard also in the past of Christians should do these
0: things too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Christians are—we're we're,
2: all—we're all in this together. We're all in need of God's grace and mercy. We need to keep repenting of our sins. That's for sure.
0: Yes, absolutely, Father. And it's good to know that uh, they see you as someone who is also trying to represent Christ's love, and that sounds such such a benefit for them. It, it you know, I, I think, Father, also that as they give you a smile, I think uh, you give them a smile, and that's that's good to know.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, as a minister of the gospel, and as all Christians, you know, to to always bring that joy to people, you know, you never know what a smile can bring to somebody. You never know what a, you know, stopping and uh, listening to somebody for a minute, you know, shaking someone's hand. little things like that make a big difference. And so, despite, you know, whatever day I'm having, how can I bring joy to others? Recognize that my life is not my own. My life is for Christ. My life is for other people.
0: Father, is there anything else you want to share and anything else that that comes to mind that that you think uh, would be beneficial for our our listeners to hear? Yes, I would
2: say uh, be open to a missionary vocation, whether, you know, no matter your state in life, you're a lay lay person, you're religious, you're a priest, whatever, but be open to where God might be calling you. Now, I know there's plenty of work to do in the U.S. I no doubt about that. There's plenty of work to do everywhere, too, so is the Lord calling you? to work in your home place? Is he calling you to work overseas? Uh, Be open, be curious. Don't, uh, Don't, don't, do not have any fear.
0: Do not have any fear, and let us go forth to proclaim the good news.
1: Go forth is a service of the United States Catholic Mission Association, funded in part by the Catholic Communications Campaign Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite listening platform. We'd love to earn five stars from you, so be sure to leave a review. Visit uscatholicmission.org forward slash go forth for scripture commentaries, show notes, and Mission Cafe details. Check out the show notes for pictures and links about our Witnesses' mission. Our music is Go Out, Go Out by Curtis Stefan, used by License with OCP. Wherever you live and whatever you do, God has a mission just for you. Come back next week to meet another missionary disciple sharing God's love through their life and witness. Amen. God